Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for the Cleaning and Cocktails podcast. This is where I get the opportunity to speak with fellow cleaning business owners, small, medium, and large. We take the time to let them share their stories on the ups and downs in the industry. I also speak with other experts and professionals in the industry, from your manufacturers, your suppliers, trainers, as well as other types of entrepreneurs. My mission is to empower our cleaning industry to inspire and motivate each and every one of you. I want you guys to reach new heights of success and learn from one another. My goal is to have you walk away with some tips, secrets, advice, and opinions that are relevant to all of us in our day-to-day hustle and grind while we're out there in the field working every single day. So sit back and share a cocktail with us and enjoy the show. Welcome everybody to Cleaning the Cocktails. Uh, I have the pleasure of having two fellow colleagues here that I've, I've grown to learn um, in this industry. Um, I have Ingrid Murray here, and then I have Jason Lee as well. I'm going to let them introduce their companies, introduce who they are. So Ingrid, why don't you take it away first? Spend a couple minutes to talk about you know who you are, uh, the company name, a couple company stats as far as you know the size of the business, where the city is that you reside, um, and just take it from there. Okay. So hi, y'all. It's Ingrid Murray, um, Prospect Cleaning Service. Yay, go Prospect. Uh, <laughs> we're located in Brooklyn, New York. So we were um, just up to a million as of December of last year. But with, within the first, what, quarter of this year, and we, I know we're going to get to that in a little bit, Ricky, yeah. We're now um, almost five million in revenue. Um, I have close to seventy people that are working for us now, and we do Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. So um, those are currently our service area. Of course, we provide general cleaning, building and maintenance. We provide carpet cleaning. Um, floor restoration and floor maintenance, and which includes um, stripping and waxing of vinyl floors, polishing of um, marble tiles and stuff like that. And um, we're going into distribution finally. Um, what else was there again? No, that's it. You nailed you said it. The, you, me- you, you memorized oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah, All you're right. Good. All right, Jason. You take it away now, my friend. Hey, thanks, and Rick. Thank, thank you for putting this together and, and having us on here. Um, but our, our company is Lee Building Maintenance. We're out of the Maryland area, uh, so our location we're about 50 miles west of DC and Baltimore. Uh, our we have about 114 employees. Our revenue is about two and a half million. Um, and, and the things that we take care of are uh, medical, healthcare side, manufacturing, and office space. And uh, it's been it's been a good a good run. Awesome, man! Awesome. Well, guys, I always forget this part. I don't know why, but I wanted to say let's bring up your drinks. This is hey, called cleaning. Hey, hey. And co- this is called cleaning and cocktails, right? Like, so it's five o'clock cocktail. somewhere. <laughs> so I have a Pacifico here. Ingrid, what do you? What is it that you're drinking? God, I'm drinking me some sweet bitch. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what about you? It looks like a pink drink there, but I mean, yeah, I know so, it's going to so be strong. So I, so I have a, I, yeah, I have a little uh, peach Ciroc with watermelon, simply watermelon mix. Okay. Oh, look All at right. you. <laughs> I want to be, be, be in the islands. I want to be in Jamaica, man. Oh, yeah. Lord have mercy. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh, we're going to get some of that. We're going to get some of that here. Awesome. Well, guys, I, I always like to to go with that first question to, you know, a couple, little bit of stats, who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I like to dig a little deeper as to, you know, Jason, we'll start with you is, you know, what, what made you get into this industry? We know it's not a glamorous industry. We know it's not the first thing somebody thinks of when they get out of school or, you know, in the corporate world, but what, what, what's the story of Jason Lee walking into his first cleaning job or did you start the entrepreneurial way from day one? I mean, give us some background on that, and then Ingrid will take you next. Uh, so, man, I'll try to make this fast, but so my day one for me was, um, man, I had, actually it was working for Burger King. I was a Burger King uh, manager. And, um, 
man, one of the guys used to come, I probably was maybe five years in or so, uh, and one of the guys used to come clean the windows, and every week all I would ever do was just sign his invoice and give him a free meal, and I was so busy, I just didn't ever stop and watch him, and then one day I just did, and uh, found out what the receipt was, you know, kind of asked him, I knew how many stores our Burger King I worked for, the franchise had, and once I found out he had a couple hundred, I went, wow, I went back to the Adam machine, and I put like $68.25 and I like in the Adam machine I went oh I'm doing the wrong thing yeah and within within about two days I started doing window cleaning um, and then from there we you know got to doing restaurants and then uh, you know now now yeah. you know, what I said earlier into healthcare manufacturing nice nice Ingrid what about yourself oh wow so this business found me because I wasn't looking okay. for no damn cleaning business. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> so coming into this, I had um, 20, close to 22 years in accounting and business administration. Um, I ran a couple of companies before, and I used to run a big um, insurance company um, in Jamaica. So when I moved here in 2010, I met my husband in, 20, in 2009 and I went back home and I just couldn't keep my mind off the dude. So I flew back in, in March and the dude couldn't keep his mind off me too. So we got married <laughs> a couple months later and he had a carpet cleaning company. But he, you know, we were doing a little bit of house. He was doing a little bit of house cleaning but he had this one contract with, uh, I think it's uh, Mass Electrical, and they owned a lot of property that they leased to the, to the government. And so he was responsible for doing all the social security offices in Brooklyn through that medium. But that was his only commercial contract. Everything else was residential. And I remember asking him, what, what do you say? Why, why don't you want to move to the next level? But he didn't know how to and so on. Fast forward, in 2013, he got, he got diagnosed with cancer. And he didn't want to do this anymore. Thank God he beat it. But in 2014, um, we had a bet because he kept rejecting everything I suggested that if he gave the company to me that I would, I would triple the revenue within a year. So of course he gave the company to me just like that. And where we call the accountant, the accountant said, well, you have to even let do some form of exchange. So he sold me all his shares for $20. <laughs> that for whatever whatever that was just with that and then of course he lost the bet and um we moved from 77 to i think we got 210,000 within the first six months and then we got to 447 and then i don't know 2016 we just got stuck right under 500 and could not move for nothing then we got one, I got one big contract with the government and then we get up to um, almost a million, 933, but I just couldn't pass there. Um, we plateaued there. And so that's basically how I got in. And I'm still the, as he calls me, the pit bull in lipstick. You need, hey, you need that, you need that. Yeah, so yeah, this, yeah. that's a great, that's a great segue to a question that I, you know, I always wanted to talk about, but I never get the opportunity to. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's, it's like a two-part question because Ingrid, is, you know, one, you talked about you know, you're Jamaican. Two, you're working with the federal government. Um, you know, three. One thing that all three of us have in common is we are minority-owned businesses. So yeah. I wanted to really touch touch on because I, I've been talking to a lot of of uh, smaller cleaning shops. You know, brand new, growing, existing stuck plateaued at you know year one year two uh, a lot of minority owned businesses uh, or business owners how have you guys and ingrid we'll just start with you is how have you taken advantage having a minority owned status do you take advantage like do you have an mbe or a woman-owned business status 
and is it helping you with contracts? And it's, this will be a lengthy answer, I know for sure, but I, I want, I think the audience and people want to know, what do you do with it? How do you do it? Have people done it before? So Ingrid, we'll start with you and then Jason, you'll do it too. Okay, so when I took over the business, I got a call from a city agency. I don't remember the name of the agency right now. And they wanted to know if we were uh, MWBE because they had a contract, but it had to be, the person had to be MWBE. And I asked the lady, what was that? She then told me what it was. And so I went to get registered. Um, it took it took me close to two days to get the application done because I basically read through it, found out what it is that they what they needed, and then I went and prepared the documents. Of course, the company was just me and Courtney, so they wanted you to have bylaws, all this. When you incorporate a business, you get this beautiful binder yeah. that no one ever looked back on again. You mm -hmm. just have your binder. You take out that one sheet, that certificate of incorporation, and that's the only page you're concerned about. Mm -hmm. Well, based on the requirements for the MWBE certification, I needed to have these things in place. So what we did basically, well, I was CEO and I was also chairman of the board and I and Courtney was the treasurer and that was it. And then we added stuff. And this made you really had to go in and create now you have to create a formal structure, which a lot of people when they start didn't have. I want to backtrack a bit. Courtney had 25 years um, approximately in the business when I met him. And he got in it by chance too, because he owned a restaurant and he was at his usual spot where you buy stuff for his restaurant. And he met a guy who was going back home to Jamaica. And so he asked the guy, what, what, what's going on? What are you going to do with the business? The guy said to him, you want to buy it? And he said, how much is it? Guy told him 10 grand. He went to his bank account, took everything out and purchased the business. So that's how this all started. Okay. However, not understanding the protocols and, and the, the fundamentals of the business. So my husband knows it from an operation standpoint where he actually does the work, go clean, buff floor, stuff like that. But the management and administrative side, he, has no, he had no clue about. So that's how we balanced out each other. I went and got the, the fast forward now. When, I got, when the person spoke to me, that's when I went and got the MWB certification which I was told took like three to nine months to do. I did it in two days. I got my certification within six weeks after submitting it. However, nothing was going on with it. It's like the certification is there and it's not doing nothing. And then I, I realized that it would never do anything on its own. I had to go network. I had to go every time New York, they had, had some meeting. I went, I've gone to Albany. I've been almost everywhere where once it says MWBE or DBE, I am there networking because I realize now, especially for New York, you had to register with each agent, agency individually. So you, now you need to know Department of Sanitation. You got to go meet procurement officers for Department of Sanitation. Let them now be a new best friend. You now need to know the, well, like for me, MTA, I went to every event and Goldman Sachs had a wonderful program and I signed up and I became a graduate of that program also. So MWB certification will never do anything. So you will have your certification and they tell you that they list you in, in a directory, which you are listed because I am. However, if you don't go meet these procurement officers, you will never get contacted because we thought that it was automated. What would happen? A city job came in. They're just going to go to the this city job directory and they're just going to email blast every one of us in there. That's not the case. They actually mm -hmm. do go with the people who they are familiar with. I don't know why, 
but that's just the way it works. But MWBE cert can, will do. I have a lot of government contracts. They're, though they're small, and I got my two little biggie out of the pot, I'm happy because it was yeah. those couple small ones that got me the big ones. Okay. I mean, you just pretty much, there's, there's a small little blueprint there, right, Jason? And I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything, everything Ingrid just said, I, I, I was that person for three years. I let it sit. I renewed. I put it on my website. But you're right, Ingrid. You got, if you don't do anything with it, uh, it's a piece Nothing of paper. happens. It's, uh, it's, a, it's literally a piece of paper. And, you know, it did take me three months, okay? So I don't, you know, this whole two-day thing, I don't understand how it took you two days. It took me three months to get that Everybody done. wanted to know. I just read through it first, and then I worked all day to prepare. I told you we were a two-people company. So we yeah, had to be yeah. everybody in the damn company. I, yeah. I remembered only one person I, ha- I could get was my 18-year-old daughter, and she was supposed to be the secretary to take the damn minutes, and she was... 18 she didn't even know she still to this day don't know what the hell that is (laughs) so so jason you are in the baltimore washington dc area i mean how are you working with federal government um do you have government contracts is your minority status helping you i would think that's got to be an arena or an area that uh this has to matter um are you tell us your story on on being a minority-owned business owner there our, our, our story is that uh, we, so we aren't, we aren't certified. We, we are a minority owned, women owned company. Um, but I, I guess since I didn't start that way, um, that's something that I kind of had in the works like for us to probably do in the next 18 months. Okay. Um, our, our, our business has grown strictly out of uh, the, just the straight commercial side, the private sector. Um, the closest we've gotten to a government contract is we, we were we were working on one of the uh, military bases with a construction company, kind of handling all their construction trailers uh, and things like that. Um, but you know that's something I think we'll get into. Uh, I, I you know I didn't from a local standpoint what I didn't like a lot of the deals that I've seen was just um, when I say local I'm talking about like your city state contracts it was a race to zero for me and you know and, I, and, and when i looked at the contracts and looked at numbers it was like all, all someone did was you know if it was, if it was a million last year then daggone it was an, it was 950 after that you look at the numbers it was like boop, 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 boop. um and i just i don't know i just didn't want to cut my teeth there but that doesn't that doesn't mean i don't we don't want to i think that's yeah. what we're trying to create the plan that when it's time for us to do it now we have the experience that I think we'll be we'll be in great shape. Do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, yeah, it's, it'll be eight years for me in, and I'm probably going to land my first government contract just about now. So it's yeah, same thing. I was in private sector forever. Uh, so Jason, let's talk about you know, like I mean, where I met you, right? The BSCAI uh, conventions. Um, a lot of there are over a million cleaning contractors in the U.S. And you've been at the shows, Ingrid, you go to the shows, you know, it's, do you, what would you recommend to these smaller cleaning companies, um, smaller maintenance companies, service companies uh, about the BSCI, the ISSA, any kind of uh, cleaning focused shows? Uh, I, I probably see what, there's probably 1% of the industry that actually goes like, look, you know, look, I'm look at what, what came out of it was me and you, you know, meeting, What's your take on, because again, I got to feel like it's, it's, we have to do the work to go there and, and put the effort in, but what are the pros that you, that you say out of these shows and these organizations? I think, I think the big thing is like, I mean, I, I met all you all there. Um, I think it's the, I think the relationships are key. Um, but I think the, the key involved is to get involved, not just to kind of, you know, pay your dues to be a part of it. You could be a part of your local chamber, but, so what? Are you involved in getting the most out of it? I think Ingrid had even alluded to it saying, hey, there's some things we have to do. There's some work we have to go put in, network, meet people. You've got to see us. I think it's the same in our industry. I think uh, there's kind of a twofold. I think as we go in, we can meet so many other people around the world. I think it's like anything else. You can get trade secrets or people to help you that, that aren't in your money. You know what I mean? I mean, if we're, if we're steady competitors, 
think it's 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 cool to know that hey, I can go to Chicago and me and you aren't in each other's money. We can kind of learn from each other. We probably will open up and be as transparent as we can be. Um, that's key. I mean, I've I've had some of my best relationships I have I've met through the industry, um, and I, I think it's second to none. I think the second thing is when you get involved, how can you help someone? Like how how can the knowledge I have, how can I now take that to somebody else? And I don't care how small you are, you matter. You know, you, you can help somebody out by bringing together a testimony or something that you went through that could help somebody else. Um, but I, I think, I think the, you know, BSCI, I think we, you mentioned that somebody in the ISSA, man, that, those things to me are just priceless. BSCI, I mean, I look at even now, you know, and you I get this too, but you know, we're, we're, we're all on Zoom and things have changed because of the, the virus, the COVID. And man, I tell you, what I have to say is I thank the BSCAI for stepping up and they've been doing, I think it's, today was like the eighth week that they've done a town hall where they've gotten everybody involved. I'm talking about CEOs, everybody, we're on a call and we're talking about real time issues, what's happening in our companies all over the world. And we're able to talk about, man, what things can we pivot? What things can we change? What's working for you in Chicago or New York that I that I have? I mean, even Ingrid. I think Ingrid, man, if man, wish talking to you, you have such a wealth of information because you were at ground zero in New York when everything was just out of control and everybody was looking at New York. Man, you have so much to share that people in the country haven't even faced. I think those are the values of the association is the relationships you get. Yeah. I think I mean, that's... I I the same thing, because I remember when Jason and I, I think, came in around the same time. And um, I remember that year when you won the new, um, the new company, the new company that came in and you won that award close to when you were going up to, for the board seat. I think that was the following year. We, we, I think we met the year before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we did. Something like that, yep. Yeah, and I remember at that time I'd been a member. No, I I, I realize now I was there before you, but then it took a little while. I guess at that time I was going through one of my down times, and I sat on the membership committee with with Jason, and I realized that all these all these um, entities that uh, and 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 clubs and everything that we joined together everybody going it expecting that somebody's going to actually come out and give you something and so we realized early that that's not going to work I, I i met a lot of people to bscai a lot i was the issa member also even though i wasn't selling supplies but why I became a member is because of the wealth of information, the classes, everything. Remember, I came from a business, um, a business environment and coming into this was nothing. Knowing me, the way I, I know me, the same problems. My husband was like, no, 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 no. It's similar to the way Jay, um, Jason and April work together. We do this, this kind of thing. But each one of us, we know when to let the other take the rein and take control and we know how to back each other. We're in the same position. So when Courtney is, is very, he's not a risk taker. I'm the risk taker. <laughs> the thing is when it comes to some serious gambling, I ain't doing shit because I, I'm afraid to lose big. <laughs> That's the thing. But I, I want to take the risk. I'm just going to do some more investigation. And okay, all right, you sure it's going to work? And I've, I, trust me, I've thrown away millions of dollars over the years just trying to move from one step to the next step. Because you're trying to try so much, but then you realize that all along, the, the, the answer to the problem was right in front of you. Because I remember when we started, we were like, okay, grinding, grinding. You're knocking on doors. You're walking in. I got dressed up because I love to get dressed up. And I'm going to get dressed up and we're going to make a presentation of why you need to um, have prospect cleaning come into your business and, and transform it, make a change so you can see savings and all of that. But once we start making a couple of dollars, I stopped doing that. 
Now I start invest my money. Oh, marketing company is going to do this. Oh, this website company is going to do that. Da, 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 da. And I was just throwing my money away. I got nothing in return, more than stress, headache, sleepless nights, weight gain. Hello. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. But of course, once I got back in my comfort zone, when I had no more money and I realized that, okay, boom, just go back to what you were doing before. Go knock on doors again. Remember the people you met at BSCI? Give them a call. Find out if you can help in any areas that, because of course, but people forget you because you don't make any connections. And then we get together in, in Dallas or Las Vegas and we're like all one big happy family again. We enjoy that moment. And after the week is gone, then we don't call each other again. So you realize now the problem is that we get so caught up in what's going on around us, but we don't realize we can utilize the connections that we've made all along. And that's what I've been doing. And I see it working. Some people, it's going to take some time for you to gain their trust, but don't worry about that because out of every 10 that is taking a time to sign with you, there's still two or three that are ready today. Work with the two or three that are ready today. Let those 10 people go on waiting. When they see you, trust me, they're going to hop on that success bus so fast you will not see it coming. So I learned that, and that's just how I'm rolling. Hey, hey Ricky, and one thing I would say as well in that thing, I think it's being a part of the the associations in a way just makes us professional. I think that's a a big key. Oh, yeah, yes, for sure, for sure. And and I'll say this since this is even a bigger part talking to folks who who are minorities in business. Most of us, we we don't we don't look at this thing as an opportunity. So a lot of people probably get into the cleaning business, and, I, and I'll say this in in true transparency. Um, I mean, black folks, Hispanic folks, when you look at it, we were the core back of, of janitorial and cleaning for years. For years, we for were years. the ones who doing it, been and, doing it. And I, 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 so I think the key now for us, as a lot of us see the opportunity in this business. This is where I think the associations can help us to be professional, help us to be able to, to now when we go to market our business or talk to folks, this gives us that credibility. And I think that's so super important that uh, I think a lot of, a lot of folks don't take advantage of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys, oh, yeah. You guys are speaking, speaking the truth here, man. This is why I love doing what I'm doing here because it is all about collaboration, right? It's yeah, about it is. Image, image perception yeah. is key, right? People, you know, when they walk into my office here, they they don't see a cleaning company. They're like, "This is I don't Rick, I don't know what the hell you are, but you know, this right. isn't my this is what a this is what, not what a cleaning company looks like." But I say to them, "Well, what what does a cleaning company look like?" Like you exactly, don't, you do you know, expect like, it to be dirty when it's a yeah. cleaning company? It's <laughs> supposed to look like crap. <laughs> so it's like uh, so perception is key. Uh, yes, and I got to tell you, I have taken a lot. I bring my whole teams to the, to these conferences and events. I wish there were so many more, um, but it's it's so crucial because you guys said right professionalism, networking, building a brand, learning little tidbits. But it's like you you learn from the guy who's got a five hundred thousand a year con- or cleaning business. You learn from somebody just because they're a fifty million dollar business doesn't mean that they you know they may have lost touch with the the you know the field yeah so it's so it's good that there's every that's why i love the the group that we're in right the right they're different tiers everybody's got something different to offer soak it in don't think don't think you know everything right we're here no no not at all yeah we're here to learn and this is why the reason so just so you guys know too the purpose of this show is to give back is for somebody to take a little bit of piece of information that we're talking about and say damn that struck a chord with me i'm going to go back and implement that in my business, because a lot of times people don't execute, right? They, yeah, they, for think, real. they think idea, 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 brainstorm, 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 no execution. So I wanted to talk a quick second about, and I talk about this all the time because I am a family owned business, but you guys named your spouses, right? I mean, how heavily, you know, Ingrid, we'll start with you, is how heavily is Courtney involved? And then Jason, you guys, you talked to about April, like, is is your spouse is your spouse your partner? You know nobody knows right now. There's the audience listening. So is your spouse your partner? Is your does your cousin work with you? Does your uncle work with you? Like, 
Talk a little bit about any type of family elements you guys have in your business. Okay, well, for me personally, so my husband started this, so yes, he, he's yeah. a, <laughs> there's no this without that, that guy, right? So he started it. I just consider myself the one who made it better. That's all. However, we do everything together. We take the six-hour drive to Buffalo State because, yes, I drive as much as 12. I've driven, like, about close to 30 hours in three days. Yeah, I've done that for work because trying to figure out where exactly do I sit where exactly because Brooklyn the city trust me there's so many cleaning company in New York City and New York City is crazy so you have to find that sweet spot and medical is mine and of course the government is also there but my husband plays such an integral role because when I need somebody calls this phone and they need a, a set of floors to get done. Who do you think doing it? It's me and him. We, we're both doing this together. And he taught me how to do floors and so on. And before we hired, we had enough people because we were concerned, would we be able to afford people? Of course, I'm like, got to the point where like, you can't grow your business while you're doing the work. It, it, I can tell you that it won't work. You can only do so much. And then you have to find out how much is your time worth and what, what is it? Nobody can sell your business like you, for sure, because they're not as passionate about it as you are until they get to that point. And so that's the weird part. My husband can't sell this business for shit, but he sure can do the work. <laughs> so I sell, and then he coordinates the team and we all grind together. So I couldn't nice. do this without him, and he couldn't do it without me. Nice, nice, nice. Complimentary. Jason, oh, yeah. what about you? Uh, so so uh, April and I, it's funny, we, we actually met at the BSCAI. Um, oh, yeah, I remember April, that. Yeah, April's background was nonprofit management, and some marketing things, and uh, so, so, I, so I had a previous company I was, I was a part owner of, and um, I, this is this is now my twentieth year in business. Um, but Lee Building Maintenance came together with April and I in May of 2015. So just a few days ago, we just turned five years old. Oh wow! Oh wow! I didn't so, know that. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, April's the president of the company. I'm CEO. Uh, we're we're very involved. Um, I'm, you know, April April's role now has more been the finance and things like that. But now she's coming out of that role. We now taking taking an a, a outside uh, finance company to help us there. Um, and then we, she's now going to be an operational side. Um, our, my daughters have worked in the business as well. Uh, they don't, they don't, you know, summer break. So if they're out of college, they would do it. Um, but, but our, our, you know, that's the, the, the extent of our, our family involvement. Um, but it's, you know, it's something that we, we got to balance every day. I mean, at the end of the day, oh, yeah. sometimes, you know, some of the toughest things to do is, is to turn it off. And, and you, you know, this your, your wife first. So you kind of got to husband first and you got to kind of stop and, you know, but, it, but we're always on supercharged. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's all day. I mean, you got to make sure you stop and take that time to make sure that you separate your business life and your personal life. Although that's very hard to do. Mm -hmm. um, but we we're, we're having fun doing it. So, yeah. That's what it's about, It's about it's yeah. about fun. I mean, I, yeah. I, people still, you know, I'm selling twenty four seven, right? Every time yeah. I'm at wherever I'm at, I'm selling. But I'm not just selling the business or the company or the service. I'm selling like who we are as a company, the culture, the fun. The, the oh yeah, that, oh yeah. Look at right oh, now, yeah. right? Look, look at where we're, where we are in essential service. We are in an industry that's going to be booming for years to come now. Um, and I don't mean it booming like, you know, just money driven revenue. It's no, now the scope of work, the, the perception of clean is going to 
changed. It, it has changed. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our time. Finally. Finally. Yeah, right? This is our time to be professional, like we said. So, that's yeah. why, you know, Jason, kudos to, to be a CAI, because I got to tell you, I didn't know about this town hall stuff until a few weeks ago. Like, if you could for a, you know, where, where does somebody go if they don't know about the BSCAI townhouse? How does somebody find, find those? Uh, I, I would go on the website, BSCAI. Um, and then Subscribe to the, the mailing list and they'll yeah, send it to yeah, you. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll send out an email to you. Um, and then you just get set up and you'll get, a, you'll get the Zoom registration. They'll come to okay. you. Um, and then what they've been doing is, which has been great is, you know, every week has been something a little different because, you know, week to week, it's always been something heavy. One time it was, it was, it's been heavily over the last few weeks about the PPP and what was right, right, right. And then, uh, you know, how it handling certain things. So then what they did, they did some breakout sessions, which was cool. They broke out the different rooms because we were, we were averaging, I'm telling you, the first few weeks, we probably still averaged like 89 people. Wow. And most, and, and most were CEOs. Like it wasn't just operations. You know what I mean? It was like the core people getting on the call, which was very yeah. good. Um, and it was like breakout sessions. And then they would talk about labor, operation. You can kind of go into some different rooms, whatever you want. Um, today's meeting was, again, we talked about a little PPP and the structure of it to make sure everybody, if you did get some, how are you going to handle it, making sure you talk to your bank um, to make sure whatever you can get forgiven is the right way. And then the other piece was just around operations. What's kind of, you know, the states around, I mean, the states around the call today, who's already kind of, opening a lot more than others. You know, we're like in Maryland, we're still kind of in a locked in state. Um, but like in Texas and Ohio, there's some things, I mean, they're kind of getting things back rolling. Um, so it's good to see the kind of different experiences everybody's having or if someone was working in manufacturing, uh, some of the things they might have been dealing with or what customers were asking to do. Um, so it was, you know, that, that, that town hall thing's pretty good. I, you know, I think they're still trying to get an idea of this. Everybody still want to do this every week. I think, you know, they'll take a survey. And if it happens again, they'll put it out to, you know, if you're a member, you'll, you'll see it go out to your email and you can click on sign up and, uh, and get on. But it's been, I'm saying it's been valuable the last uh, eight weeks. Well, I got, yeah, man, I, 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 you, you guys see it right now. The, the mastermind group that we're on as far as not that I turn it off for a minute, but it was, it's never been so much, like there's so many emails, so many topics, so many messages going on, but it's overwhelming, but it's overwhelming with just a wealth of knowledge that I, oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I know for me, I'm to the point where I'm screenshotting, I'm copying and pasting, I'm sending to the team and they're like, dude, stop sending me so many emails. What, what the <laughs> hell? I'm like, but I need somebody else to see it. Right. Cause that's one thing I want to touch on is us as CEOs, presidents, operations directors, you know, executive level. Uh, well, so, you know, when somebody started off, think about the times when you guys started off, when I started off, right? We were, it was just you and one person or you by yourself and you absorbed all this knowledge, but your team's got to absorb it, right? If, if your team yeah. doesn't absorb it, then they don't know better and they don't see the potential, right? That, that this industry has, how lucrative it could be and how, you know, kind of legacy, life-changing. Yeah. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give somebody, whether it's learning how to invoice, learning, you know, how to sell, you know, it's always about sales. So I figured let's not talk about sales, but what's another aspect of the business? Because we wear up many hats that somebody in the beginning stages of their, you know, first year in business that you learn later in business should really not forget to focus on. The numbers. We'll start with you. <laughs> The numbers. numbers. Yeah. Elaborate. So, elaborate. Yes. Why? Because it's 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 very important to know what your 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 numbers are. What you, you notice the first thing you ask, what is your size? What that that that. So you need to know your numbers in order to be able and make sure it's something that you fully understand. I believe that every business owner should understand how to read their financial statements. A lot of people don't. It's complicated to them. They think, but it's not. You need to know. So it's the only way you can budget. It's the only way you can forecast. And as 
people believe that, oh, because we're so small, we don't need a budget. We don't need a forecast. We don't need to make plans. In our mind, we know what we want. But as a business owner, I believe that you must set goals. Set goals. Try to follow through with them. Understand what, why you're doing what you're doing. I, I think that's one of the places we should start too. Am I doing this just so that I can pay my bills? Or am I doing this because I see where, yes, I'll be, pay, be able to pay my bills, but I'm feeling fulfilled. Like me, it's not a, always about the money for me. And that's why I can still do it today. It's, I like the, the intrinsic reward that comes with when I provide a service and somebody sees me and say to me, damn, like, I get my calls every day from NTA, my guys walking. They feel so proud. Their heads held high. Everybody's just seeing them. Thank you. We've never gotten so much thank you. <laughs> You're getting more thank yous now. Well, my medical, um, all of the chain of uh, Wild Cornell that we do, they tell us every day, thank you. Your team do a wonderful job. So, you know, but I believe, on the business side, as a business owner, you need to know these things. Before you can sell the dream, you need to believe it yourself. And that will help you to make other people believe, including the staff. And they don't just see it as a menial job where they're walking into and getting an hourly wage. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's numbers is so true. That's how. Yeah. Know I the got, numbers, like, man. Under, underbidding happens so much. And I always say, you know, and I, you know, I'm sure you guys agree with me to some point on this is I'm not, I, I don't get so worried about underbidding where if it's, you know, legitimately a mom and pop, a two person operation, they, they have the right to offer a lower price than a larger size company, right? That there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's, it's the, it's when you are a larger size company, right? And you're, and you make those doing, silly mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, numbers, thank you. That's, that is something that I don't think anybody could get tired of telling somebody. Um, just know that because then you know the health of your business. Of course, you know you know, you know exactly. Trust me. I, yeah. I, 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 oh God, I can't begin to think of how many times like just going over because I've seen government contracts, of course, trust me. I am not always the lowest bidder. I can't tell you. All my contracts is because the person who bid too low didn't get it, and I came in second or third. So I'm, I'm, I'm the most, the lowest probably, the most responsible bidder that's at the price that they can afford, and it makes sense. Because now they understand they've gotten burned too many times where somebody come in and charge $10,000 for a $50,000 job. Then two months into the contract, they can't complete it. The agencies are sitting there pulling their hair out because procurement officers have to now find somebody to fill that gap because the clients, the staff within the agency are losing their mind. So mm -hmm. yes, I am not always the lowest better. Trust me. <laughs> MTA, I wasn't even close. <laughs> I was like third of the line of command. And I was like, woo. And those people couldn't do it. The other people couldn't do it. They told them, compared to everybody else, please revise the number and they did and they realized that they wouldn't be able to do it and they walk away and somebody else walk away and then boom, whoo, they call me, I'm present, I got my high, I know what I can afford to do and this shit is going to work. <laughs> Jason, what about, what about you as far, you know, you're five years in, but you know the industry longer than five years. I mean, what, you know, what do you tell that person that's a one year in that again, you know, most of the time you think it's sales, 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 but what's another aspect of the business now other than numbers? That you and I, I, was, I was going to double down on the numbers piece. Okay. Um, but I think the other thing depends on the scale, scalability. Um, I think people got to realize, um, and, and everybody has, we all have different goals and dreams of where we want to hit. You know, um, again, it's not about the money, but it's about the money. And at the end of the oh, day, yeah. We all know what we need to do to leave the legacy, to do the things for our family. And those those numbers and those our appetites are different, you know. Um, but I think you got to know what that is, figure it out, and then 
I think the biggest thing in this industry that I would say 90% of the people that probably come into this industry, come into this industry and they create themselves a job. And I think when you get to the point where you notice it, because again, you, you're probably going to do better than maybe where you maybe used to work. Probably. Um, you're doing pretty good, but then you realize in this thing, you can't do it just all yourself. There's only 24 hours in a day. No. And then you realize, I just created myself a job. And I think exactly. the key I would tell anybody is from day one, if this is your thing and you have your goal to grow a business, look at scalability, look at what you're good at, your strengths and weaknesses, and know where you need to hire to to, to replace that side. So, you know, if I was talking to myself day one, even, you know, many years ago, it was, I, I'm glad I realized at one moment, which I didn't until I realized, I went, man, you know what, Jay? You just created yourself a job. Yeah. That's not what I wanted. I wanted a business that at the end of the day, it could run itself. itself. Yeah. While I'm doing other things, and we had the proper people in place that could manage, and I think that's one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do is let to it put go. themselves to yeah. let it go and let people just let, let this thing scale. Yeah, you guys know what, man. So this, this that just makes me think of. So I don't know if you guys really know. So some industry numbers and these kind of you know they change a little year over year, but it, you know it's a fragmented industry. But you guys, so we are. You know, uh, Ingrid, you're over a million dollars. Jason, you're over a million dollars. You know, I'm over a million dollars in revenue. 90, 90 to, or 91% of the industry doesn't hit 1 million in revenue, okay? So 9% of the industry is over a million. But then in that 9%, you've got 0.8%, I think, or, or 1.8 or 0.8% actually reach like 10 plus million in revenue, right? So it's like, then you yeah. have the, the ABMs and the Harvards and the larger ones. But so kudos to you guys too, where, you know, we've reached a certain point, but that shows you how there's so many people that are doing this as a job. You know, it is it, it, cause they're stuck. They're, they're stuck in, in trust issues. Right. And this is what I try to tell everybody is you guys said it is delegate, right? Trust, okay. trust the process, build the process. Don't treat it like a job. You know that when I took my business over from my cousin, I thought he was kicking ass because he was making like 100K a year. I'm like, oh shit, I, make, I was making 60. I'm like, this is, this is a step up. And then taxes come in, <laughs> supply cost comes in, all these costs come in. I'm like, oh shit, I'm back to my job. So it's like, yeah. And then you start, so it's, it's a topic where I love to just show numbers because it's, that amazes me that 90% of the industry is, is that fragmented so that, that's why, again, I'm doing this because there's so much potential to bring everybody up, you know, and raise that bar. And, and not to, that's going to do what? Build competitors. But guess what competitors do? Competition raises the bar, raises the quality, raises the value of our service. Yes. So then we're all happy then at that point, and right? I, and and I, now and now I, we don't have to win thousands of contracts. We can win 100 and we're doing nothing. I think the thing, Rick, that's it's important for us is, I mean, and we're all in that same age group here is, man, we got, we got a group of baby boomers that are in this business. Like, if they don't pass it down to somebody else, oh boy, and there's just opportunities as well for us to acquire, or not just even acquire, but as those, you know, I've seen in, in our local areas, someone retires here, maybe tries to sell off to somebody else, and those customers drop off because maybe that same and feel from the old owners wasn't there and i think this is a you know we're, we're in that that opportunity for ourselves over this next five ten years for all of us here to just really grow our companies and uh it, it can't be a better time for i know for me and i you know what so this i wasn't even i didn't even think about talking about this but this is actually something i did want to talk about because i think we're we're all in this position right now is i'm sure i don't know how many phone calls you guys ever get from people from m a you know, they want to purchase or Jason, oh, I know yeah. me, me yeah. and you have talked about M&A before, but so with those stats that I said earlier, uh, they're not looking for the ones that are under a million in revenue, you know? So there's only that many that they can look for, but right. isn't that exciting? You know, isn't that something to tell people that, Hey, if you build a business that gets to a certain value, that it becomes be sellable people are going to call you and reach out oh, yeah. because they're, they're going to want your business. So not, and I'm not yeah. saying everybody's here to sell, 
But I right. think we all should be thinking of what is my sell price? Or if it's for the family, it's for the family and it gets carried right. down. But it's very, it's humbling and a compliment to know that somebody looked at your business from the outside looking in and said, you're somebody that I, I value and I would purchase. You know, like how, how have, you, have you guys felt that? Have you had those phone calls or have you thought of purchasing a smaller size company? I know Jason, me and you have talked about that. But Yeah, I have too. Talk to me, like, Ingrid. Ingrid, what made you think of doing that then? So one thing was getting into a certain market and not having to work the market from all the way down, you know, at the bottom. So I contemplated that when my husband sold a building a couple of years ago that we were going to invest the money in buying another another company. I... Um, I don't know. I, I was hesitant to do it because I kept feeling as if, okay, I'm looking for an easy way out. Not really, because I wasn't even at a million yet. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking about that. And I know what's driving that thought is because I, I, I want to get there and I can't get there. So I'm like, okay, if I can't get there with this, why do I feel that I will be able to grow that, that too? You understand? To take a, 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 a X amount of money out of, your, out of your bank account to go buy another company while we weren't getting to where we wanted to be with this one, which I knew what was part of the problem was not being able to afford some of the people to come in but I realized that we didn't necessarily have to pay a salary. Once you're able, as I said before, to sell your idea to somebody and they believe in it and they are more talented in a particular area than you are, you can get the job done. And then we both get to that point where we're growing it together as opposed to one, two, you know, but some of us like, I knew my husband gave it to me because he knew that I am not going anywhere for sure. And I wouldn't leave him out, but he wouldn't sell it to nobody else. So there are times when even at that point when I'm losing money and I'm like, no, something is wrong. And this happened one year because we've never had a loss before. I, when I, once I took it over, we never lose and lost any money. I changed the name and we did everything different, but you know, you're stuck. I can't give up. I am not a quitter and I am, I won't stop fighting. And that, that's it. I'm like, okay, let's keep grinding, grinding, grinding. But like you said, you keep stuck at that point because you're giving yourself a job. You know where you need to go. Cause of course I have the business mindset. I know what to do. I've grown other businesses before. But we realize is understanding the culture and everything that goes into play with growing it and finding the right people to put in certain positions along with you so you can move to the next level as opposed to just selling it to somebody. I mean, if you come, if you get to that point, because I do have an exit strategy and selling is one of them, you know, and I know yeah. where I want to go before I sell. So Trust me, if you can buy, yeah. fine. I, I, I'm ready. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Yeah, I, I think from a merger acquisitions, I've um, been a part of trying to work on two in the last uh, probably two years, um, which both kind of fell through. Um, but I, I think it's a, for, for us, it's, an, it's a great strategy. Um, that we're looking at. I mean, again, these things, you know, the two opportunities actually fell in our lap. They were two that we were actually uh, asked, we were asked about them. Um, and so the goal was we kind of follow through, you know, it's like, it goes back to numbers. It goes back to sometimes expectations of what people are thinking they can get for their companies. And, uh, yeah. and when you do oh, yeah. you know, kind of your due diligence, yeah, you, you kind of do your due diligence of everything. And you, you know, I don't, I gotta be honest with you. I don't think enough people, Watch Shark Tank. I mean, I think people really, really watch Shark Tank and understand the evaluate uh, their valuations. And uh, you know, I think just because people think they make a million dollars, think somebody's going to pay them a million dollars. 
Yeah. No. no I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying that doesn't always happen. But nine times so out of ten, in, never in, our, in, our, in our industry, it's unless somebody really wants to get into that market, uh, you wouldn't hear you wouldn't hear that. Um, but I think it's an important piece. Yeah, I think it's an important piece. I think it's. I I, I would say it's part of our strategy. My my ears are always open. Um, because I think that's a great way for us to scale in some ways. Um, you know, uh, anybody who's watching this, I would say, you know, do, do your due diligence. Under, yeah, understand you got to know the numbers. Um, yeah, you got you to gotta know that because, you know, it, you know, if you buy anything, if you're not understanding everything about it, it could uh, falter. Well, yeah, and because it, it, it's it is you said you guys said it's strategy. It's how some of the bigger companies yeah. do continue to get bigger, right? So if we got to, right, yeah, you know, it's it it always yes. it always should be within our mind mindset to, you know, because Ingrid, I agree with you too. Where I I for the last year I was like, oh man, if you know I want to hit ten million in revenue, all right, I'm short by two. Why don't I go buy a company that's two million in revenue? Boom, I'm there. I'll get there. But that's just not the case. It's, it's not as simple as that. You know, it's not, there's so no, much work that goes into it because it's like winning these big size contracts. I'm sure you guys have been there where, you know, it, winning, let's just throw a number out. Let's say, hey, you know, you win 100,000 a month business, new, new monthly business contract. From the outside looking in, we may think that's fabulous, that's wonderful, awesome. But can you afford that? You know, can, do you have the, cash flow to afford that kind of payroll to get paid right trust me that's not that's what no if, joke what if there. it gets what if it gets past 30 days and they hit the third payroll now you're Ooh. bankrupt now now your other accounts you know fail now your floor service company side of the division that you know weighs heavy on having a 510k cash flow has zero because you tied it up in another so it's like don't think all you know. Large numbers are good numbers, but know your numbers. You st- you guys can oh, say your it. Numbers. Know it's your numbers. You got to you know, know your numbers, man. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what we're gonna call this episode is numbers. That's it. That's what we're calling this episode. <laughs> all right, guys. So we're getting towards the end here, and I I always like to end the show talking about a funny story. But before we get into that, I actually want to do a little something a little different. You guys are, you know, this is your voice too here is, you know, Jason, Ingrid, do you guys have anything else that you guys would like to start sharing? Because instead of me sticking to just these questions over and over again, let's, you know, let's ad lib a little here. Ingrid, what, what's a topic you wanted to just for 60 seconds talk about in the cleaning space? And then Jason will bounce it to you. Anything that comes up that you just want to get off your chest and talk about for us in this cleaning, in the cleaning space. Well, um, for years I went around educating um, clients, especially in the medical facilities, why they needed to have their spaces um, clean on a daily basis. And it didn't have to necessarily be something over 5,000 square feet. It could be under, but they felt that, oh, we could just come in maybe three days a week. And I'm in my mind, I'm, 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 I'm blowing my tongue because I'm like, this is a medical facility. You have to have it clean every single day in the small space. How many people come through that space? And it was about educating them, letting them understand the importance of the service, why they needed it, and so on and so forth. Um, COVID-19 is a blessing and a curse because now they see, they finally understand the importance of the industry. Now there's actually going to be a cleaning budget in everybody's business and not just class A, class B, or class, you know, those big buildings. Now the little man is going to understand that, yes, if it's even one person coming in to clean this space every day, I'm going to have to have done. And so, yes, I'm sorry in the sense that I am having a moment during this difficult time, but I don't look at it that's the way, that way. I'm happy that I'm able to service my community, my state, my region during this time 
with a service that was under you know understated for years and you know and letting them understand how important that that we we need to be there i've seen new york city after labor day parade the department of sanitation let these people out there are millions of people in brooklyn for labor day parade you need to come come up um one time <laughs> and enjoy the labor day parade in new york city in brooklyn it's chaos and department of sanitation come within the, and say an hour after it ends and the city looks like a brand new place that's how important cleaners are if they don't come out trust me the city is locked down that's people getting sick with germs and everything so i'm happy i'm part of a cause that matters so they might think we don't matter we know we matter awesome awesome let's yeah I share the same sentiments. Jason. Yeah. My quick one, Ricky, is it's the same kind of I've been at to her. Uh, I just think we have a valuable staff. As we all know, each, each one of our companies, uh, without those folks, we wouldn't be here. And I think it's so, so timely now that they are getting the kudos. But even outside of this thing, I think we've always wanted to give our team kudos. So, you know, I, I, my biggest thing oh, yeah. is I think all of our all of our staff for uh, keeping things going and uh, and trusting us to do what we got to do to make sure we're maintaining jobs and all the other things. So again, kudos to the janitorial group. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? It was it brought like I just got goosebumps right now because I remember uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was like three weeks ago. You guys remember when Google? You know, you can you know the search bars. They're always you know coming up with creative ways to allow yeah, you to yeah, search on yeah. the Google bar. And the janitorial workers were yep. on the Google search. It was on there. So like that shows you, yep. again, like, you know, we're here. This is our time. Um, the cleaning business will never be glamorous, but it's the people are glamorous no. behind there, you know? What'd you say? I think everybody's- I, I didn't everybody hear you. There? Like she yeah, froze yeah. us. Yeah, you broke you up for a moment. Yeah, you froze. No, as I said, so the the cleaning industry may never be fully glamorous, but I said the people are what's glamorous about the industry. Yeah. Oh, of course. All day, every day. Yeah. All day. Well, yes. Yeah. This is, we are, we are Thank to you, the man. end here, but I do want, I do want to end with, just give me, and Jason, we'll start, we'll end with you, or Ingrid will end with you, but Jason, give me a funny story, whether it was your first day on the cleaning services, whether it was yesterday. Give us, give us something that, that I, I like to laugh, so give, me, give, give us a story of, of something funny that happened to you, especially in the field. Let's not talk about the office. Let's talk about the field. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wait, wait. Man, the funniest thing in the field that happened. Um, oh golly! Oh, you know what? So I'll I'll, do, I'll talk about this because this is going to be hilarious. Just because this is what I did. So I remember back when I first started. And this was many many years ago, some years ago. So I had a Dodge Stratus, and man, so I I mean I, used to, I mean that, that Dodge Stratus to me was as big as a Ford. Uh, a van or Astro van. I mean, my, my Dodge Stratus, I crammed ladders. I had it all in there. So the funniest thing is, man, I, I went, I stopped that uh, spot to get me some acid bowl cleaner. And uh, so I remember I'm out, I'm in a job. I come back, <laughs> I come back to my, my car. The acid bowl cleaner had eaten away half of my back seat of the vehicle. Oh, uh, and I remember just sitting there like going, Oh, like and, it, and, and like that was a car. Like you know, at that time I had my youngest daughter, my my oldest daughter now, and she was little then. Like it, it took the whole seat away. And to me, when I you know I look back and I laugh at this thing, so I go, and that was like my everything. Like that car was everything, and literally the ass and ate that seat out. It's got a skull on there for a reason. Yeah, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, 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 you know, if I can say that was probably what came to mind right now, it was just, uh, I remember that moment. So they're going, golly, That's like, 
that was the car to get everybody around. So, uh, Ingrid, what about you? <laughs> so, um, I went with Courtney to work one day in Whitestone, and as just to accompany him, and um, I always ask him if he would let me help him, and he always said no. So one day, this time I was like, no, we had just met and we were dating at the time. So I guess, you know, he just had me in the car with him. I was sitting in the car wait until he come, come back out. So this time I went, I was like, God, no, I'm bored to death sitting in the car. So I went inside and I watched him move around. So the next day when we went to, to work, when he went in to do the bathrooms, because he always started there first. He went in the male bathroom. I just ran into the female bathroom and cleaned the bathroom. So when he came out and he started banging on the female bathroom door to say, the cleaner is here, I just opened the door and, and I said, all done. And he looked around and was like, okay. And he went and he started scrutinizing this, that. I said, boy, you know I do this damn job better than you. <laughs> so... <laughs> He was shocked to the fact that I even got in to actually do it. But what happened what, right after that is the crazy part. He went out and somebody went in the bathroom after he had just cleaned it and basically did a number two in there. And I don't know what happened, but he went crazy. So I went in and I said, <laughs> guess what? this and he said what are you talking about i said wait well, you can't do this by yourself so i don't know this guy must be sick or something i don't know how that person get that thing where we saw it i don't know what he was doing but we fixed it so i said guess what it pays <laughs> so that was that there you go awesome awesome well hey that's that's the way to end this is with a shit story so i like that <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's already been quite, quite a while. It's already been an hour and 15. We could probably talk shop so much more. But I always like to end with a wow. cheers. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to everybody. You got it right do. when I'm almost done. See? Yeah. <laughs> Keep it grinding. Thank you. Keep it hustling. Thank you so much. Ricky, thank much you for putting respect, this together, guys. man. Very well done. Absolutely. All right, guys. Be easy. Absolutely. Be safe. All right. Peace out. Okay. Bye-bye.